0: Well, my policy is with sales, with selling. I have a policy: is if they're above the ground and breathing, then I will sell to them.
1: Yeah, there's a bit of fun in buying and selling, you know, if it works. But um, it's quiet at the moment, you know. There's yeah. Sotheby's.
2: I feel like putting a sign up that says, "Customers required, no experience necessary, full training given."
1: This is the. International Antique Fair in the Ordias.
3: This one, for example, it's a a real fossil. It's a, a trilobite plaque, and um, we're talking about four hundred million years old. Probably the oldest thing in the show. It came from south of Morocco, the Atlas Mountains. It's two thousand seven hundred and fifty euros. Officially known as long case tax because
1: they're long case. No, as a grandfather, or a grandmother, or a no. granddad at love. Just that's the way it is. <laughs>
2: Spider-Man, purely out of scrap, out of old motor parts. 8,350 euros.
4: You're selling stuff that is not necessary. It's a luxury. Put it like this, I go into somebody's yard and I buy a piece of old furniture out of a shed. And I go down the road laughing at the bargain I've got. And the bloke was standing in the yard... Laughing at the fuller wave of the rubbish.
3: You kinda of know who's gonna buy and who's not gonna buy. <laughs> the psychology of the whole thing. There is an awful lot of that, yeah, yeah. Someone someone picks something up, prices it, and puts it down at the same time, it's a no-no. If they price it and they hold on to it, you're standing a good chance here, you know. And they keep hold of it. If they're going down at the same time as they ask the price, forget it. I had
1: somebody today looking at a pair of chairs. The price range that he was looking at was far outside the price range that I was looking at. But a pressured salesman probably could have sold them the chairs. But I guarantee you, in a week's time, he'd be back knocking at your door with the chairs.
0: Um, Very often... um particularly the stuff we're selling you need two people to buy it so you'll get one or the other half of a couple will come in and then at the weekend it's only when the two of them can come together and make a decision some people are just very strong and they know what they want and they know their partner will agree with them but for the most part we tend to sell to both
1: you just have to treat everybody with the same respect and that way you hope you'll you'll get the last thing few by the other sometimes there does be a bit of a dance but then there's the others that just come up and say yeah I'll have that No question about it, and then you know you've made a mistake. (laughs) So, there's two ladies coming over here, they're kind of late 30s, maybe 40s. Would you be looking at them and saying, I have something here for them?
0: I would. I've got a stock, they are humans. I'll wait and see to see how they react to it before I blow them out.
1: They
4: don't look that wealthy.
0: We've sold to very, very unwealthy looking people. That's You just cannot judge, and you just never know what's in the checkbooks.
1: Not particularly, no. I thought I might see some
4: old uh, antique leather suitcases, but I haven't seen anything at all on that line here. So, uh, are you...
0: We specifically came here looking for a, a kind of a hall table, an oval shaped hall table, but we haven't
3: the trade, I would be called a piker. I'm comparing things with some bits I have at home to compare the prices.
4: I bought three things today, yeah. I bought um, an embroidered Chinese silk in, in a frame. It's lovely.
1: When I started off this, we used to go down Summerhill Market on a Saturday morning but I was down there one Saturday morning and it was probably nine o'clock, ready to go home. I see this lump of glass on the, the ground. And I picked it up and I thought it was a scent bottle. Never paid it much attention. And uh, I said to the girl, what is that? A pound. So give her a pound for it. I was living in Shankill at the time in a gate lodge and in the main house there was a, what I would call a proper antique dealer. And they used to come down and they'd say, what did you get this morning? And I said, I got this, got that scent bottle. I said, what well, that scent bottle would be? No, she says, I, I can't sell those scent bottles. I said, it's only a fiver. Oh no, I couldn't sell it. And as she said, I couldn't sell it, I picked it up and there was a, right around the, the scent bottle, there were nude women dancing. And I, I thought glad you haven't bought that and I turned it upside down it was Rene Lalique pre-war probably worth about at the time it was probably worth 500 pounds I put it to the one side I still have it
3: biggest success let me think um... oh yeah the Chagreen Mirrors Yeah, I bought some Chagreen furniture at a, a market a long time ago for £200, Um, you know, chagreen, sharkskin, yeah, sharkskin uh, veneered furniture, which I bought off a guy who thought it was paint, but in fact it was uh, chagreen and ivory and silver leaf, and, you know, we still have those. They're worth quite a lot of money, yeah. Uh, German okay,
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And, you know, Bismarck had them.
1: Bismarck had them already,
4: yeah. Everything is that's there. Mm. Every time you buy something, it can be a mistake or it can be something that you might make a point or two out of.
0: I do remember one thing when I started first buying a pair of candlesticks in a shop for 20 pounds and I went to a fair I think it was in Mullingar and I sold the candlesticks for 28 pounds and by the end of the day the candlesticks had gone all the way around the room they started on my left and they went all the way around the room and they ended up on my right-hand side at the end of the day at £95. Everybody took 5 and €10 Euro profit.
3: I once bought some columns in England for about £5,000, which ended up as uh, detritus, shall we say, dem- dem- destroyed. Yeah, that would be the biggest, I think. When I first bought them, I'd probably th- estimate selling them for about 20000 you know. <laughs>
1: I had a bookcase hanging around a long time that I had refused a very good bid on and uh, it hung around for a couple of years and I sold it then. I made money on it if if you took into account that the currency had changed in value, technically I probably suffered a loss.
3: something that's
4: passed through a family but never had it valued. One is reluctant to value because I think it changes the whole aspect of the piece. Will really you describe and it for me? What is it? Mean? I prefer not.
3: Um.
1: You see something that's really interesting and you sort of get a full history from the person that you're buying it off of and, you know, you go through and Eventually you tell somebody else that story mm-hmm. and then it goes on and continues on. That's basically what I like about it, because everything has a story.
4: It's the excitement of the church. And you are never stopped learning, every day. I mean, I found out today about a thing sitting up there, bronze, Middle Eastern, the Bedouin tribes. This was their, their bowl for food. That patination in there, it's, it's copper. It's poisonous and it killed them. And that there is about 200 years old. I bought it for the simple reason that I liked it. £35. I'm
3: not spending any money now. I might have a cup of tea up in because I'm driving I won't even have a drink.
4: We were buying an antique and it was sort of fairly expensive and um, we put our card through to pay for it. We would no money in the bank.
3: <laughs> the only stories I have is how much unpaid for things that are worth half the price, you know. And yeah.
0: <laughs> we get and say chairs sometimes and they look like a chair for all intents and purposes. And then when you go look at it like it flips over and it becomes a library steps. We had a very interesting a child's chair in there not too long ago that like the child could sit in the chair and play like it had a tray out in front of it with loads of counting beads and all of that but then what happened was the front section flipped and came back up and it became a high chair like everyone goes on about like uh, new designs and this, that and the other like that was a Victorian one if you look back through time right the first for writing you had this massive big Georgian bureau like a big bookcase with a, a fall down flap to write at and then they got a bit more inventive and next thing, you had a writing box that opened out and you had your letter thing there and all of that. So we started off in, what, the 80s with this massive big computer. You needed whatever for it. And now we're down to our little open-out laptop. You know what I mean? Things, like, move at the same rate all the way through life, you know what I mean? Oh, that's now... Yeah, yeah. You in trouble, or, yeah? I, My husband will this, but he probably might
4: like this, this bit here. Yeah. Are we looking at divorce? No, no. I know it wasn't that. Was
2: at one of the fairs we went to. Next time we got to the fair, they said, "You know, two of the dealers got killed on the M1 last time on the way home from the fair." I said, "No." I said, "Yeah, when they uh, when they got to heaven, uh, Peter uh, met them at the gates. Uh, and he said, well, I wasn't expecting you. And they said, well, it's just happened. Uh, you know, it just was a car crash and that was it. Um, he said, well, look, I'll have to ask the boss, you know, where i going to put you. And he goes away and he comes back and then rings the boss back up and says, look, they've gone. He said, what, the antique dealers? He said, no, the pearly gates.